Welcome to Be A Bigger Fish, the podcast that explores the power of podcasting. I'm Debbie Aurelius and in this episode I'm really delighted to be speaking with Advita Patel. We're currently in season two of Be A Bigger Fish, which is dedicated to in-house podcasting. So it's such a delight to be able to speak to Advita, who is the current chair of the Chartered Institute of Public Relations Inside Sector. That's the section of the CIPR that takes particular care of in-house communicators. So who better to talk to than Advita? Advita has almost 15 years experience in the industry and a background in strategic marketing. She's a chartered PR practitioner, a fellow of the CIPR, and in 2018, the Northern Power Women Movement named her as one of their feature leaders, an accolade that's given to only 50 women every year. Not only is Advita a leading voice in the world of internal communications, due to her current role as chair of CIPR Inside. She also hosts highly popular comms hives. Now those are informal regional meetings where professionals gather together over dinner so they can share ideas and try to find solutions for their particular challenges. Advita gives us a little bit of insight into how the comms hives came about in this episode. She also talks really warmly about her enthusiasm for podcasting and she gives us some insight into the podcasts she listens to for her own personal development. I'm sure you'll learn plenty from listening to Advita and her perspective, so let's get into the podcast. I'm delighted to welcome Advita to the podcast today. So welcome, Advita. Hi, Debbie. Hi. And thank you for agreeing to record an episode with me. So as you probably know, Be A Bigger Fish season two is all about internal comms and in-house podcasts. So I'm super delighted to have the opportunity to talk to you about those things. Um, Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And maybe you'd like to introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about what you do and what you love to do. Sure. Thanks, Debbie. I'm currently the communications consultant for an organisation called the Nuclear Decommissioning Authority. So there I'm responsible for heading up like a merger and acquisition programme, if you want to call it that. I'm also the chair of CAPR Inside, which you know, and that committee work is going really well as well. And I have just set up my own business called Cons Rebel. Yes, congratulations on that. I saw your branding. It's beautiful. So Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. It's been a a work in progress, that branding, and I'm very proud of it. So I owe that to uh, the wonderful brand strategist, Nancy, for doing that for me. Oh, marvellous. Yeah, great job. As a leading voice in the internal comms world, I'm really interested in your perspective on podcasts. So are you a podcast listener? And if so, what uh, kind of podcasts do you like? I am indeed. I love podcasts. They have made my journey into work very interesting rather than being ragey at traffic and various things going on the road so I've been listening to podcasts for a number of years now and it's a variety variety of podcasts from business podcasts to serial podcasts to comedy ones I normally go off whatever you know when you get the top picks on your um, podcast list I give most podcasts a chance to be honest I've recently moved into listening to more business-led podcasts so one of the ones I listen to is by a guy called Chris Ducker who is the guy who created Youpreneur 
Oh, yes. Um, so he does a really interesting podcast about different business and marketing. And obviously with my new world, it's opened up a few different doors to me. It's quite nice listening to something that isn't purely internal comms focused, even though I do obviously, as you know, love the world of IC. It's quite nice to hear other people's perspective around marketing and business and social media and SEOs and what that means. So Chris's podcast is definitely one that I would recommend for people to listen to if they want something a little bit different. That's a great recommendation. And I totally agree with that comment, actually. I listen to quite a broad range of podcasts too, because obviously I'm professionally interested in them. But I find they give you really helpful information that helps to shed a light on your profession too. So you can learn loads can't you from you know social media podcasts and yeah they're they're really definitely it's an advice I always kind of try and give to people who work within the communications profession to say you know we need to look outside of our own kind of silos and and internal conversations that we have and see what else other people are doing and we always talk about you know transferable skills and learning things from other professions and podcast for me is a really nice way to do that without it being too intrusive into your life and most of them are free so well all of them are free really and the best thing is you get to choose what you want to listen to what you don't want to listen to yeah do you know you've just provided a really good summary of why podcasts are such a great medium because you're right you can listen to the advice of people from all sorts of different walks of life and different professions and they're generally free and you can take them with you as you go so do you think that's the winning combination that's sort of sparked this real growth in podcast listening over the last few years definitely it's a channel that most people I think feel they are in control of really it's not being thrown in your face every five minutes you're in control of your kind of choices that you want to make and this kind of current climate that we're in I think it's important that people do get to have that choice in what they want to listen to and how they want to listen to it and podcasts are definitely one of those things that you know it's a one person kind of job right listening to a podcast you don't need to be in a room you don't need specialist equipment really to do it it's you and your headphones or you and your on your car bluetooth it's a couple of voices telling you how what things are going on so I think it's a really interesting way of learning really yeah yeah totally agree so bearing in mind that point you just made about podcasts giving you control and giving you choice over what you listen to and how you learn do you think that crosses over into the world of internal comms at all yes it does it's a different way of communicating to colleagues and employees across the business I think what we find in internal comms is that so much noise going on at the moment and it's it's a conversation to have with a lot of internal communicators and communications professional in general actually about competing with noise not only internally, but now externally. And I love social media and I love the opportunities it's brought to people. But it does mean that as communicators, we have to work harder to get that intention from our employees and colleagues. And podcasts, I feel personally, it's a new, different way for colleagues to gain a little bit more understanding about the business in a different way rather than a written briefing, which nobody really has time to read anymore, or, you know, some kind of long-winded email, which people complain about, that's too long, or they're getting too many emails. So podcasts for me and IC, I think, definitely have a place. We don't see many of them. I mean, I've not come across many examples of where they're being used quite successfully. I'm sure if there's anyone listening right now who have have successfully launched a podcast in their organisation, it would be great to hear from them. I would love to do more case studies within CIPR inside. 
because uh, I do think there's a place for them and I think they keep growing in popularity. Yeah, I, I agree, actually. And uh, do you have any experience of in-house podcasts at all? Have you ever heard one or tried to make one or gone through that process? I haven't, actually. I haven't really been involved myself in creating an internal podcast. I have, as you know, been trying to introduce podcasts in the business that I'm in now because we asked you, thank you, for coming yeah. along and doing some training for us which was brilliant i think we're probably slightly ahead of the curve when it comes to podcasting and internal comms the business that i'm in now because when i was doing some investigation in who i could reach out to to speak to about how podcasting went in their business i really struggled so i don't think there um there is many places where i could where i could get experience basically so i did struggle i mean i did put out a, a tweet around it to see if anybody has successfully launched one just to kind of get their experience of how they felt it went but I didn't really get much response unfortunately so like I said before if anyone is listening and has launched their own in-house podcast and it's going really well or isn't going really well doesn't really matter you know how did it land and what did people think about it we're really good to do some kind of case study on it because I do think it's something that people will be interested in. Yeah I agree and I think that's one of the things I would really like to achieve through this season of my podcast is to try and uncover some great examples and get some first-hand account of those so you know we can share that so everybody can benefit from that experience because it really is when you actually start to do something and bring it to life that's when you learn the hardest lessons right so you know I think hearing from people who've actually done that would be really powerful so yeah definitely I think we do a lot of talking I mean I've seen a lot of people say this on online recently about there's a lot of talking and a lot of kind of you know strategic analysis of various things but not in a faction and I do believe that internal comms can be guilty of that at times so it'll be great to see some people actually actioning some various things and seeing how it actually does work in, in a real business life situation so yeah it'd be great yeah. if people can get in touch and let us know how they're getting on yeah totally agree totally agree so what kind of sort of use cases do you think podcasts would be really good for in an IC setting? Do you have any thoughts about that? I do, actually. It's something I've thought about quite a lot, sadly. <laughs> it's one of those. <laughs> I do say I'm always trying to think about how can we make things different for the people that work within our organisation without it being the same old stuff and without like investing you know, thousands and thousands of pounds in the newest technology, which has a place. It definitely does. And I'm a big fan of all those kind of, you know, augmented realities and virtual realities and goggles. And I've spoken about that before. But podcasting is something that does intrigue me because it is a low-cost solution to try and get, especially the voices of our executive team, I feel. I think a lot of, we spoke, you know, lots of reports and the Gatehouse report recently said that, you know, middle managers are not really doing enough comms around them. And I do think that a podcast would break down some of those barriers and and allow certain personalities to come through I don't know how everybody else feels but when I do for example videos of execs or videos of the team I always feel like they're they're not media professionals right they're not actors Mm. they're not experts in the field that the you know in in the media kind of space or tv space so when you put a big camera or even if you hold your little iPhone up to them a slight nervousness comes out I think and the most charismatic person kind of gets a little bit like rabbit in the headlights especially early on when they're not used to doing those things I don't think the best comes out of them really and in those videos and they do end up being a bit 
long sometimes and you know we try to as comms people try and shorten them a bit more and say we don't want the video to go over more than two minutes and people get bored with listening to them going on with themselves but I think a podcast is more of a conversation and people are a lot more patient with podcasts I feel because like I said before it's just you and the device that you're listening on and you're on your own and you can hear a conversation happening and you get to learn about an individual more on podcasts I think than you may do on an actual video in a business setting not in terms of personal because I, I know that YouTube and all that plays a slightly different part but in, I mean in terms of business filming. Yeah I, I know what you mean I, I've encountered that myself actually where you try to capture video content from somebody who's normally extremely eloquent and brilliant at captivating thousands of people in a room in a live situation but even then they can get quite perturbed by looking into a camera and trying to replicate that. Yeah it's, it's, and they worry a lot about you know scripts and we have to get some of the prompters on there and you can see them reading it or you're holding a card up and you can see the eyes moving side to side and and this day and age, you know, we're trying to build trust. Yes. Uh, you know, the latest uh, Edelman barometer that said that people now believe trust has grown in leaders. And I just think a video, uh, it has its place, definitely. And I don't think it's a case of going into your business tomorrow and saying, right, that's it. No more videos. We're not doing them. I definitely think they have a place. But a podcast, in my view, is a slightly different angle to getting some leaders to open up more about their personality which I don't think a video necessarily does at times it's a non-intrusive way for that leader to get their story heard in a podcast it's just you know a couple of mics and an interviewer Mm. so it, it does give a slightly different take to personalities and building trust in a business I think that's a really interesting point actually yeah so thanks thanks for sharing that To take a slightly different perspective and thinking about CIPR Inside, I've spotted that you are actually thinking about podcasting from there too. So what prompted you to consider that as an option? One of the main reasons for the CIPR Inside podcast is that we're really conscious that we're only reaching to a very small number of our members. Those of you who follow our Twitter feed and LinkedIn feed would know that we do quite a lot of communications on there but we don't tend to do much to people who who are not active on Twitter or LinkedIn or any social media forum Mm. so I wanted something that would give people an opportunity to hear what we've been up to also give them an opportunity to learn CPD we talk about continuing professional development a lot yeah especially around how much it costs as you know I'm an advocate for CPD and I also think that it can be expensive, but it, it can also be, you know, really cheap and, and free. And I, in the early career, when money was tight and I was growing in my career, I spent a lot of my time seeking out free CPD, listening to various videos and webinars and reading articles and blogs, which were free. And they really helped me. And I feel as a CIPR Inside Committee, a podcast especially for those guys who are struggling for budget, it would really support them. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think it's a great way for people to get continuing professional development information. And I think that we have such a great kind of volunteering group in CI Parents there with such knowledge between us all. It's a shame not to kind of showcase that through the CIPR podcast. And we also have a load of amazing case studies and members who are doing some fantastic things. So being able to share their case studies and share their stories in a slightly different way which people can tap into and listen and and learn from is is definitely 
something podcasting will really support with in CIPO inside. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I wish you the very best with it. I think I will probably have a little hand in some of it being a CIPR inside committee member too. You will indeed, so, you will. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that sort of coming to life. So hopefully we'll have our first episode in uh, October, just before our conference. So yeah. we're excited about that. Yes, and conference coming up very soon. That's quite timely. Would you like to tell us what that conference is all about and what you're trying to achieve? Yes, we are hosting uh, an internal comms conference in Birmingham this year. It's the first one we're hosting outside of London. That's based on lots of feedback we had from our members who were frankly a little bit fed up about going into the city and wanting something a little bit different. And I felt like Birmingham was a nice medium of to host a, a conference. It is going to be on the 8th of October and we've themed it this year as changing the conversation. We've had lots of conversations about comms over the number of years. I recently posted on my Twitter feed three things that communicators were discussing in 1997 and the concerns that they had. And really depressing it was to find out that it's the same three things that they're discussing now in 2019. And I'm not even going to say what they are because I can guess any internal communicator listening will know what these three things are and he doesn't need a rocket scientist to figure it out, but I just thought, you know, we're not changing this conversation at all. And we seem to be having the same chat about the same things. And the new people who are coming into the business are, are picking up on this and chatting about the same thing and not really changing things. You learn from your leader, right? Or you learn from yeah. various people in that profession. If the same senior bods are talking about the same subject they were talking about 20 years ago, then what hope does a new person in the communication industry have to start changing that conversation so we felt as a communications volunteering group we need to do something a bit different so we're not going to go down the traditional route of lots of case studies and people learning from those case studies and again those have their place and then lots of organizations do that really well we want to do something a little bit different where we can do some more action-led learning and get people to think a bit differently about how they communicate about internal comms with not only peers, but also their business leaders and start having some traction so we can future-proof our career going forward. Because I do think that eventually, if we don't start putting our foot down with certain things that we're being asked to do with an internal comms industry, we're going to be irrelevant. I think other people are going to take over. And I'm hearing more and more stories of non-communicators and non-internal comms people becoming senior leaders and leading the kind of charge on the world of IC within a business without any experience in that industry, which is, you know, it's sad for those guys who have worked really hard over the number of years to build up their skill set and qualifications and education just to be bypassed because they don't have that trusted relationship with their senior leadership team or the senior leadership team doesn't really understand the value internal comms can bring. So we've got some great speakers coming along in October. Some of them you will have definitely heard of. Chuck Ghost, Rachel Miller, Katie McCauley, Jenny Field. Uh, we've also got some really great mini case studies being shared and it's going to be a great conference. I feel like it's going to be one of those that people will really hopefully leave feeling that they can definitely start changing the way we converse about internal comms. That's a really excellent summary and you're right it's quite a sobering thought that we're still having the same conversation as you spotted you know on a slide deck from 10 years ago. It, we really do need to Think about the implications of 20 that. years ago, 1997. 20 years ago, wow. 20 years ago, I know, God, I do feel like 1997 was 10 years ago, though, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> 
Yeah, so do I. (laughs) (laughs) Given your interest and experience of podcasting to date, what top tips would you share with a communicator who is thinking about setting up an in-house podcast? I think the first thing you need to look at is whether it's needed. So get out and about, speak to your colleagues, speak to your workforce, speak to your leadership team, understand what you'll be doing with that podcast. I think that's really important. One of the challenges we face in internal comms is, and I'm exactly the same, by the way. So the the new shiny thing that comes out, I really want it. I really want to embed it. I really want to be the one that puts my hand up and goes, yeah, I was the first one to do this and I'm amazing at doing this. And very often it's not always the case for the business that you're in that is the right thing to do. So the only way you can really discover whether it is or not is by asking the people that you work with and the people that work in the organisation, will they listen to it? Will they not listen to it? Is it going to add value? Is it not going to add value? What are you going to put on that podcast? How will you host it? I think that's really important. Does your technology allow you to host it? Is it something that you want to host externally? Is it something you want to host internally? What do you think is the best way to kind of get the messaging out about the podcast? Treat it, I would say, like any other new channel you were thinking about bringing in and make sure you do the relevant research behind it first and get skilled up. When we had our podcasting day with you, it was really useful. And I think that's something that you should invest time in is find someone who can teach you the basic skills of podcasting and gives you an overview of what it actually means for you and your business without you having to get halfway down the road of doing it and realise actually I'm not doing it right or it's not the right thing for us. So definitely do your research. Yeah, that's really great advice. Thank you. And I think that's advice that applies to anything that you're thinking of starting up in internal comms, right, is really assess the need and the benefit that that's going to deliver. Exactly like you said, before you jump on the shiny new thing for no other good reason than that, because that is the sort of thing that can kind of undermine our credibility a bit, isn't it? Definitely. And I think, you know, we always talk about budgets and we don't get enough of it. And we definitely don't. I think when there's a a budget cut in a business, it's always the internal comms team that loses out, I feel, most of the time. So when you're trying to bring something in, you need to show what value it will add to the business. I'm just going to touch upon this very lightly, a measurement. And it is something that I'm really passionate about. And it's something that will help you as an internal communicator, as communications in general, I believe, if you did proper measurement around the outcomes of your whatever you're doing or whatever campaign you're driving or whatever channel you're bringing in. Because if you can't prove the worth or the value that it's going to add, then the leaders won't invest time nor money into that product. You know, I say to every communicator, do yourself the favour and save yourself heartache. Do your research properly, understand what value it's going to add and what outcomes you're hoping to achieve from there. I mean, the main thing for all I see people is to understand what business objectives you're kind of trying to deliver against this podcast or whatever channel you're bringing in and look at measurement effectively and that's where you'll kind of get that leader to pay a bit more attention to something I believe anyway I think as internal comms professionals it we've moved away from the broadcast days where we are sharing news down the channel and that's it and not really expecting that two-way feedback and I know a lot of internal comms people say oh, we do try and have two-way feedback and we have the comments open on our stories and we have a suggestion box and we do get out and about and have a chat and stuff, which is great, but it's always about what you're doing about that, what actions are you actually delivering against that feedback that those colleagues are sharing with you and also giving them the choice. You know, people expect choice these days. Not everybody 
receives or absorbs, I should say, information in the same way as they used to, or you expect them to. You know, yeah. we're, in, we're in this world now where we have a range of demographics working for us in our organizations from the 18-year-olds who are never, ever seen life without a smartphone to the 60-year-olds who have seen the transition from having no mobile phone technology or emails to all of a sudden being inundated with tech as an internal comms profession. It's our role to make sure that no one is being disadvantaged in the business. So giving plenty of choice and options for people to receive news how they feel they should receive news is really important to me. And I think it should be one of those key elements that everyone should think about when they're doing comms in the business. And allowing choice is a big one for me. You're right to point that out. There is such a huge range of backgrounds and experience in any given workplace. Even thinking about people whose English is second language and looking at reading ability, it's not about dumbing it down so your seven-year-old can understand. That's important to make comms clear and concise, but it's about giving employees a communication channel that they feel comfortable with. Not everyone is a great reader and not everyone enjoys reading. Some people like videos and some people like podcasts. Some people like stories, you know, and and I think you need to find out what it is in your demographic that works the best. And that's our role as internal comms to do that. Yes, agreed. That's a really important part of your audit and and strategy, isn't it, to get that information out. It's true. I just think a lot of IC people just don't think about it, really. And and they, they do tend to go down this whole one channel route or two channel route and not and then put it out there tick to box and move on and it's about hang on let's find out what our people want do they, do they want to listen to it or do they want to look at it or do they want to create their own story around it yeah or do they want a bit of all of that or do they want all of it in the delivered right way, in a yeah. way we can afford to yeah yeah, yeah. exactly Definitely. Quite a few of the people I've spoken to who are guests on Be A Bigger Fish Season 2 have mentioned comms hive. So I think that's a phenomena that you started at Vita. What's that all about? It was, yeah. That's something that's really taken off unexpectedly, really. So the comms hive is a dinner for people who work in-house or are independent practitioners. And it's basically a three-course dinner in a private dining space where you can chat with peers who are middle to senior management level in a kind of Chatham House rural environment and hopefully build your network up. It started off in a really convoluted way, really, the comms hive. It was something that I felt it was needed in Manchester, where I live and work. There isn't really many networking dinners or events that are not, you know, that, that are quite costly, actually, I would say, that, that cost quite a lot of money in, in some essence. So I wanted somewhere where people didn't have to spend a lot of money but could also have that same experience. And then when I did a little poll on Twitter, it kind of exploded and ended up doing dinners across the country. So we've got a few dinners planned in, in September. So if anyone is interested in finding out more, then feel free to drop me an email through the gmail.com or you can just tweet me at advita underscore p and I can send you more information about that as well. Yeah, sounds great. And what a great opportunity to meet like-minded folk, like you said, um, but also to hone those conversational skills just in case you get invited on as a podcast guest. That's Definitely. Yeah. And not everyone enjoys uh, going to a network event and standing in a room with hundreds of people and, you know, trying to muscle your way into a conversation and start having those kind of difficult kind of, oh, what shall I say? What shall I not say? And it's a really awkward space sometimes those networking events. So a dinner is a really informal way of kind of sitting next to somebody and just having a chat over, you know, a glass of wine or, or orange juice or whatever and, and a nice meal. And there's no agenda. There's no pressure to 
you know, to to build yourself up to be something or not. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to have any issues or concerns. You just may want to connect with people in your local area. You make friends and connect with each other and hopefully learn from each other. And that's the, that was the essence of the comm side, really. Yeah, I think it's a brilliant idea. Yeah. Thank you. Well, Thank you. Yeah. Well, that's been a really interesting conversation and you've brought up loads of great points for internal communicators in there, Advita. So if anybody listening would like to find out more about you, where can they get hold of you? You can find me on Twitter, where I spend most of my life these days, it feels like. So that's Advita underscore P. My DMs are always open, so feel free to send me a message if you've got any questions about the committee or CIPR in general or how to become a special member or anything like that, or just a general chat about IC. I will chat on forever, as Debbie will, about anything <laughs> yeah. to do with comms and internal comms. You can also find me on LinkedIn under my name as well. So um, feel free to link in with me as well if you want to have a continue this conversation on brilliant and also we'll keep our eye out for comms rebel yes in comms rebel so you can also follow me on uh, at comms rebel well thank you so much for your time advita you're really one of my internal comms heroes i always look out for your blogs and i always enjoy reading the things that you write so i'm personally delighted to have had this opportunity today thank you that's so kind of you, Debbie. No, thank you for inviting me to speak on your podcast. It's been a really great chat. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks very much. You take care. Bye-bye. I'd like to say a huge thank you to Advita for sharing all of that insight. And you probably picked up from our conversation that I realised Advita has a passion for podcasting for two reasons. The first is that she wanted to investigate whether the CIPR Inside members had an appetite for listening to a podcast. And the second is that she asked me to come in and speak to a team she's currently working with about how to set up an in-house podcast. Advita said during the episode that she would love to hear from anyone who's launched a successful in-house podcast, and so would I. So please let us know either by replying on social media or dropping me an email to debbie at peppermintfish.com and let me know if that's the sort of work you're currently doing. We would love to hear from you and to showcase your talent if you're willing for us to do that. And if you're interested in inviting me in to speak with your team about setting up an in-house podcast, just contact me in exactly the same way, message me on social media or drop me an email and I will arrange some time for us to talk. Don't forget, if you're listening to this podcast before the 8th of October 2019, that you've still got time to grab a ticket for the CIPR Inside Conference, which is a whole day dedicated to internal communicators and to how they can develop themselves to change the conversation in their workplace about their role. You'll find full details about the conference and about Advita in the show notes for this episode, which you can reach by looking up beabiggerfish.net. Thank you so much for listening. It's always a pleasure to know that you've been listening to the episodes and I really appreciate the comments and the feedback that you make on social media. So thank you so much. Take care and I'll see you soon.